if you don't know who your target audience is and you don't understand them, then you either have to be willing to go through the process of doing that research and getting that knowledge, or you're not ready to actually put an offer out there. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. On the previous episode, you heard from me all about the Dream Traffic Framework in its entirety. I wrapped up the six-part series on Dream Traffic like a present with a bow, guys, so make sure to check it out. But before you go, stick around. I've got Krista Nichols on today sharing all about how to make copywriting truly effective. Keep listening to hear her secrets and how understanding your ideal customer affects your copy. I've got Krista Nichols here with me on on the podcast. Uh, I'm just going to introduce you really, really quick here. So Krista Nichols is a messaging expert and high-ticket sales copywriter. Her messaging and high-ticket copy skills have helped her clients achieve sold-out beta launches within 48 hours, set records for high-ticket program signups, and generate thousands upon thousands of qualified leads at under industry average costs. And check this out. She is a popular writer for not just seven, not just eight, but even nine figure influencers and entrepreneurs in the digital space. Uh, You can see her copy in funnels, ads, and email sequences for some of the most prevalent names in the industry. Here's some that I know that all of our listeners have heard. So she has been featured in Social Media Examiner, Influensive, Huffington Post, Funnel Magazine, Home and Business, and more. So she and her husband and two teenagers live on acreage in Iowa. They enjoy bonfires, have great game nights, and love all things outdoors. So here we've got Krista Nichols. So excited to be here with you today um, on this podcast. Tell us a little bit, Krista, about your journey before you became this, this copying queen juggernaut. Oh gosh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. So I was not always a copywriter. I do actually have a background in writing. I'm a trained journalist, but I worked for 16 years as a graphic designer in the cattle industry. So I made sale books and catalogs for auctions. Um, And that business just, I needed to try something new. So I decided I was going to learn social media. That'd be fun. I could promote my business. It'd be great. Um, turns out I really love digital marketing. Um, my business that I had as a graphic designer kind of fell apart suddenly. Um, the Mm. company that I had 80% of my contracts with announced a retirement, just really just out of the blue. 
And so I knew, you know, with 80% of my contracts up in the air that I had to do something. So I joined a mastermind and my intention was, well, I'm going to learn how to promote this cow thing and I'm going to make it really big and it's going to be awesome. And about five minutes in, I was like, oh my gosh, there is so much more out there for me. Like mm. I, I don't have to grow this business. I mm. could grow a different business. <laughs> you know, I could grow a business doing something that I really love. And it wasn't that I didn't like graphic design. I just, I was ready for a change. Like I said, and I fell in love with writing ad copy. I started on Facebook ads and got really good at it. Got some really good results. I wrote and still do write for, um, for a Facebook ads agency or two and have been able to just kind of grow from there um, into all kinds of high ticket sales copy. That's amazing. A woman after my own heart. I've got a Facebook uh, advertising agency. And so I'm all about that geeking out in the, in the ad life. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I was just going to say Facebook ads gets this, you know, the ad policy gets this like bad rap, like ads that you don't prove nothing gets approved and everything gets shut down. And I like see it as a challenge. Like, let's see how we can word this today to mm -hmm. get the point across and have it be Facebook approved because Facebook wants the audience to be engaged. They want the audience to feel connected. They're not trying to make it super hard for advertisers. They're just thinking about the client facing experience. And so if I'm thinking about that too, as a writer and just kind of building the whole experience around that, then it's, you know, you can write for just about any industry unless it's, you know, firearms and tobacco and have good results. Yeah. I love that perspective. That's fantastic. Okay. So going back to your journey, just a little bit, um, did you tell, tell me a little bit about your goals? Like what were you hoping to achieve in your business or like, cause you talked about like this evolution. It wasn't like you like had this like golden star and like you were just heading for it. So you're have, have, tell me about like your ultimate goal and like, has it evolved as, as these life events have happened or like wh where's, where's all this going for you? Oh yeah. It's been a total evolution. Um, I started out with no goals. Like my biggest goal was always to, I grew up in a, in a home with two parents. My mom always had home businesses. She did some crafts and stuff and she was there raising us, she and my dad. And it was always, my biggest goal was always to be a wife and a good mom. And so I graduated from college, went home, got a part-time job, never planned on growing a business. Um, just thought I would, you know, do this thing over here on the side and it would be, you know, a little extra money for the family. Well, eventually it turned into our family's only source of income. My husband had a career outside of the home, but due to a shoulder injury, he could no longer do that. And my business was big enough that I brought him into it at the time. Um, so when that announcement came that this company I worked for was going to be retiring, that was a huge blow for us. And I realized that, you know, the last 15 years of me just kind of floating along, not having any goals, not having any vision for a business really, or how I was going to use my talents was coming back to kind of bite me in the butt. And so I had to come up with something real quick. And like I said, I joined a mastermind and when I joined the mastermind, I just kind of jumped into everything, like anything social related. 
I did platform management. I did some graphic design still. I did website design still. I did ads. I did funnels. I did everything. And like if in six months I burned out, you know, just completely like, I was like, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't for me. I can't do it. You know? And so thinking, I'm just going to work for somebody else. I'm just going to work in somebody else's agency. And I did that for about a year. Um, and in that year, I realized that it wasn't that I wasn't an entrepreneur. It wasn't that I didn't want to have my own business. It was that I had been trying to have the wrong one for me. And when I discovered what that was for me, it was such a turning point because I realized that there was, I would have to be dead to want to turn my back on the business that I have now. Like you couldn't pry it out of my hands. I love it so much. So I went all in on my writing business uh, less than a year ago. In the first 30 days, I tripled our monthly income for our family and has continued to grow since then. And um, so as I write for clients, I'm also developing programs and courses and trainings that people can use to be able to really dial in on their target audiences, you know, and all the things that people can use, quick, actionable things that get people results. So kind of have both things going on right now. And it just kind of just really feeds all that creativity that I'm able to use now. And I love it. I love that so much. So you just said something that like really, really resonated with me where you said like, once I found my thing, like you'd have to kill me to, to get me away from it. Like there's no stopping me. What was that moment when you realized, okay, I've got to stop building a billion skills for every single thing that's in the in the online world and like copywriting is it like what what was can you tell me about that moment well I am a really stubborn stubborn and it's hard change is hard for me so I was just gonna flame out trying to do it all because I didn't know what else to do and so you know I was burning both ends I was working all the time I worked in the dentist's office with my laptop I worked in the car when we were on our way to the kids sporting games you know all that and it took my husband to like find me one day on the floor in our bedroom you know sobbing just because I was so tired you know he like scraped me up off you know and sat me on his lap and he was like if I need to go out and get a full-time job so that you can make this work in a way that's not going to kill you, then that's what we'll do, but we'll figure it out. You cannot keep doing that. And he took out a piece of paper and he wrote permission to fail on it. And he handed it to me and he's like, if you need permission to fail, then here it is. Just, you can't keep trying to do something that's not working. And that was a turning point for me. I, pretty much fired all my clients <laughs> or didn't renew contracts. And I, like I said, I went to work inside a Facebook ads agency. I started writing copy um, and then moved into an ads manager role. And I did it for a year and it gave me the time and the space and the rest I needed to step back and only do two things, the two things that I loved. And that was writing and Facebook ads, writing and paid traffic. Um, and I remember thinking after just, you know, around a month of doing that, I remember thinking, okay, now I can see myself doing this long-term. Now I can see myself actually, you know, not dreading the next, you know, 25, 30 years of my life. Um, this is fun again. And that's when I knew that I had found something. It became 
fun again. And I'm not the kind of person that can, that can do every day after day after day if I don't enjoy it. It just mm -hmm. kills me. So I knew that I had struck on something. That's amazing. So it came after after action, right? I mean, yeah. like you, I mean, you, you of course had to make up your mind to do it, but it took, it took a lot of action. It did. And it took a lot of action that there was no guarantee. Like it was still a risk. It was calculated, but it was still a risk. I didn't know how it was going to turn out really. Mm -hmm. I could have never predicted it would turn out the way that it has, you know, as, as amazing as it has been. So yeah, you, you just have to start somewhere. Yeah. Make a choice. Well, let's, make the next step. let's give a medal to your husband. Holy cow. Yeah. He's my biggest supporter. I like to say he's like my in-home business coach because he just, <laughs> he caught the vision really, really early when he saw how fulfilled I was doing what works for me and has just been like 110% behind me since oh, day one, you know? I love that. I love that. So, okay. So you make, you make the decision to jump into your copywriting, you, um, end your contracts or let go of the clients that were outside of the scope that you wanted to work in and you start jumping in and it takes some time for it to really hit home that this is what you want to do. What were there any roadblocks along the way where you were like doubting? Oh, I don't know if I should have oh, yeah. made this jump. Like, like what, what was, what was the resistance that came when you made that decision? When I started working inside agencies, I didn't do it thinking that it was going to be a stopgap. I did it thinking that I was going to be a team member. You know, I was going to be somebody that worked inside an agency and played a role. And that was going to be a long-term thing for me because mm -hmm. I love working on teams. I love teams. Um, so I did not, I did not plan for that to just be like a stopping point for me. So my biggest point of resistance was when I saw that the potential was there for me to go full time as a copywriter, um, making that decision, I knew I didn't have time for both because Facebook ads, I mean, you're always on, it's, it's a busy job. You put in the hours and, and, and it's exhilarating and it's fun, but there was no way I was going to have the bandwidth to do both. And I knew I had to choose and I had to choose between um, growing someone else's business or growing my own. And that, consistent income that would come from the agency was hard to walk away from, you know, because there's no guaranteed I was going to have to run my own lead gen. I was going to have to manage all my own projects. I was going to be like the end of the line when it came to interacting with clients and fulfillment and customer service and all of that. So my biggest thing that, that probably held me back for three or four months was just making that decision. Like, was I brave enough? to go for it? Was I secure enough in what I thought I could do to make that choice? And it was actually, um, I kind of made it just, I knew it was coming. My husband knew it was coming. I didn't think it was coming as soon as it did, but I took four days off at Christmas for the first time in years and years and years. Christmas was always a very busy time in the cattle industry too. I took four days off and the day I came back, I was slammed with notifications just from both sides of my, you know, both the agencies and my own stuff. And I realized that after four days of being unplugged that I didn't want to do that anymore. It was no different than any other day had been before I took some time off, but coming back after having that time of being unplugged, 
I realized that I could, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to do that anymore. That's not how mm -hmm. I run in, to run my business. And so I knew I was like, definite confirmation. It's time. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. But what I, what I love though, is that like no experience that you had was a waste. Like I'm sure that you use every skill that you learned, every hour that you spent with, whether it was with the agency or with previous clients before you made the jump that influences why you're so successful with your copywriting genius that you've, that you've really owned. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, one of the smartest things I ever did was work in a high level Facebook ads agency because you understand how paid traffic works. You understand how audiences work, how targeting works. And it gives you an edge when it comes to knowing how to write for sales. If you've seen it happen on the back end. This is definitely like one of the best decisions that I ever made. One of the best things I ever did was studying under, under a, a big, very talented teacher and Facebook ads agency teacher and friend. I love that. So let's, so let's, let's dive into what you're doing right now um, with the copywriting. Thank you so much for sharing your background and how you got to where you are. I always, I love hearing people's stories. Me too. Um, yeah. And it helps me like understand mine even a little bit better and be like, Oh yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing similar things. And, and so I know that that'll be really, really helpful to, to those listening to the podcast. So I appreciate your willingness to share that. So, um, what a, I, in your, um, in your copywriting business currently, like what are those few things that are just making the biggest difference for, for your clients? Um, target audience, understanding your target audiences, where they're at mentally, emotionally, psychologically, that is the number one thing that my clients can do to help them get the best results. The, the most important thing, and it, you know, a lot of times it gets glossed over in favor of the offer and figuring out how to set it up and what are the bonuses and what are the features and is it something that people want? Um, but if you don't understand the people you're serving and you don't know them, then it doesn't matter what words you use or what features you have or what bonuses you have, because you're not going to be able to create something that they want and need. So that is like my number one first thing I do. If you don't know who your target audience is and you don't understand them, then you either have to be willing to go through the process of doing that research and getting that knowledge or you're not ready to actually put an offer out there. Mm -hmm. And do you walk them through a process to help them figure that out? I do. Yeah. I have a, I have a set process that I use. I call it the mission to message because every entrepreneur I work with, they're doing something to help improve someone else's life. So whether it's relationships or health, or growing a business, um, they all have a mission. And so I help them turn it into a message. And I've discovered that there are eight pillars to messaging that you have to know these eight things in order to really be able to address all the objections and pain points and questions that your audience has. So yeah, target market going through that process has made a huge difference in terms of what I can offer my clients. Awesome. So, and is it, is it as you go through those eight things that you figure out like where 
the pieces are missing for, for prospective clients? Yeah, definitely. A lot of times we'll hit a certain question. It's, it's basically a ton of questions that I ask them. Sorry guys. <laughs> um, but we'll hit certain questions and it'll be like instant, like, that's what I'm missing. I did not understand that about my audience before. And then we're able to go in and address that in the copy to fill in those gaps. So whether it's a false belief that their audience had about their ability to get results or whether it's, um, something that's missing in terms of connection and community and their offer. Those are the things that the process helps them discover so that there aren't any holes. That's fantastic. And was this something like that you innately knew or did you figure it out from trial and error? Like where, where was it where you realized, wow, like understanding the target audience really is that foundational mandatory step to being successful. Well, because of my time in the agency, I knew how important targeting was, but I did struggle to get the information I needed from my clients. You know, I had forms and I had questionnaires, but more often than not, I would find myself going back again and, and being mm -hmm. like, oh, you know what? We forgot to address this or we forgot to address that. I knew I needed a set system, but I hadn't come across anything yet that really, really fit the bill. Um, and then I was at FHL a couple of years ago and there was a session where Russell Brunson brought up eight two comma club winners and he interviewed them and he said each one had a different thing that they were talking about and each thing was what are the hallmarks of someone who's going to end up getting a two comma club award next year and so these eight different things um were all showing you know if they let go of their false beliefs if they understand that they can do it if they and these eight things and I didn't put it, the pieces together at first but then as I was kind of going through my notes one day I was like you know what these are all hallmarks of somebody who can put a successful offer out there too and so I kind of took that talk that session apart and I put it back together again and I worked it and reworked it and you know, kind of retrofitted it for messaging and copy. And then I started using it on people. Like I would use it on anybody like, Hey, can I do this with you? Can you give me some feedback? And I probably did that for like three or four months. And I, I did it with a bunch of people and they started getting results. They started getting, you know, sales went up. And the example you gave in my intro where I, my friend sold his beta in 48 hours, that was one of the first people I did it with. So I knew I had hit on something that was going to mm. make a difference for my clients. I love that. That is fantastic. I'm so grateful that you, I love how to like, it wasn't like it just came to you and that was it. Like you workshopped that process for months and, and I'm still refining it. I'm still revising it. I'm not going to set something down and say, boom, done. This is it. It can never get any better. I don't believe that. So as I continue to do it, I continue to rework it. I continue to move pieces around, especially for different industries, different questions make a bigger difference or smaller difference. So you kind of have to finesse it for, for the client. But yeah, I, I mean, I'll never be done tweaking it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, and um, so in, in our email communication, you said there, there was one thing where you had it all caps and you said that you would love to share the one thing that will always keep your offer from converting and how to avoid it. 
I'm sure you've like glossed on it with some of the things that you've talked about, but I would love for you to just like dial in on what you meant by that. What is the one thing that will always keep your offer from converting and how to avoid it? The one thing that will always keep your offer from converting is if you only focus on the offer. When the offer becomes your focus, you lose sight of your audience and that will always cause your campaigns to break down. Can you speak more into that about why that's the case? The offer doesn't exist without the audience. You can build something, but if they don't want it and if they don't need it, and if you can't communicate to them why they should want it and why they should need it and what it can do for them, then you have just, you just have something packaged up that looks nice. You have to be able to unplug yourself from the offer long enough to remember what it felt like to be the person who needs it. And if you can't do that, then you're going to struggle to be able to connect with them in your messaging and copy. Mm, I love that. Um, and do you have a, a, do you have another process that helps people unplug from their offer or is it going back to those eight pillars again? Yeah. I mean, it, it always goes back to the eight pillars. Um, I have like a quick form that I do. It kind of helps me see where they're at, like how much understanding do they really have? Um, so it's eight quick questions that I always make sure to ask in order to you know, just kind of take their temperature and see where they're at. I love it. You are a systems lady. I can tell. Well, otherwise I feel like my brain falls out and all the ideas just roll around on the floor. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, and you mentioned um, that those eight questions um, in our conversation before you said that you wanted to offer um, the a free guide to eight questions to yes. our audience. Is that, is that what you were talking about? Yes. Yep. Awesome. Yep. So do you want to, do you want to share a little bit about that? About sure. Like maybe so, give an example of a question or like how it'll impact uh, the listeners. Definitely. So yes. So one of the things that I talk about in the eight questions guide is the idea that your audience is getting exposed to your offer, but they're not coming as a blank slate. They're coming with past experiences, past successes, past failures. They're coming holding baggage. And part of the job of your messaging is to help them let go of the baggage that's not going to serve them going forward. So one of the questions is, what has your audience tried before and why did it not work for them? So it just kind of helps them pinpoint, oh, oh yeah, my audience, this isn't, most likely this is not the first thing they've tried. This is not the first thing they've tried to do to help solve a problem or meet a need that they have. And for an entrepreneur to understand what the things are that they've tried instantly puts them ahead of the game because they can address those and just kind of, beat that to the punch like psychologically they can be ahead of the game because they can connect in ways that people who don't or have not put the time and energy into thinking about that can mm, that's powerful that's so exciting awesome well i'm excited for our listeners to pick that up thanks so much for your generosity in offering sure. that um so and tell us a little bit more so you you uh, have kind of coined this mission to message uh, process, which I think the name in itself is amazing because, um, like you say, entrepreneurs become entre entrepreneurs because they're passionate about something that they want to get out into the world. But 
actually getting it out there can be really hard because of you're either so far down the road or you just are lost in your own experience or you struggle to find those words. So um, tell us a bit about what, what you do with clients. Well, I have found that one of the hardest things to do is write your own stuff. I have that problem. <laughs> I think it's the hardest to write for my own stuff. I can write for anybody about anything and I sit down in front of my funnel to get it going and I'm just like, I have no idea. So it's my job to help take that, you know, brain block and the emotions that they have and the insecurities that they have around, am I good enough to get my offer out there? Do I know what they need to hear? And just kind of take that off their plate and walk them through the process. And then I can take that information and give it back to them in terms of a custom report. And they can use it for anything. They can use it, you know, they can give it to their, if they have a copywriter. I don't always write the copy. Sometimes we just do the messaging intensives. So they can give it to their copywriter. They can give it to their social media manager. They can give it to their branding expert. It's something that can be used across the board in any conversation about their offer anywhere. That's fantastic. Um, and what have been some of the, some of the comments that clients have said as they've, as they've gone through that process with you? I had this one client that said it was like I had done a biohacking of his brain. Like I'd gotten <laughs> in there and like just pulled all the good stuff out, which was super fun. I would never really thought of it that way before. Um, another one that my, in one of your funnels. <laughs> the bio brain biohacker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one of my clients recently told me that when I write for her, it sounds like her, her, because one of my goals is to write in their voice and it's like, it's coming straight from them. And she's like, when you write for my funnels, it's like me after a really good night's sleep and two cups of coffee. <laughs> like, it's like me at my best, which is super fun to hear. I love that. Um, and I had another, another client that was like, every time I talk to you, like my day is better. Like, cause I know you're going to take care of it. So those are like the highest compliments any service provider can hear. Yeah, no, no kidding. I love that. That's powerful. So as you've been working with these clients and they're, and they're giving you this feedback and you're seeing the transformation of taking a burden off of their plate, but also impacting the, the revenue of their business. I mean, like you talked about your friend that had the sold out beta program. Um, what transformations have occurred for you? as you've gone through this process? Well, every client I have, every project that I write for teaches me something, either in terms of, you know, the knowledge and the information that they're putting out there, um, because I get to see a lot of amazing offers and I get to learn a lot about a lot of really valuable things, but also in terms of how campaigns do and what works and what doesn't and what's, what's trending now, what's, what's, you know, kind of going by the wayside, so I'm always learning ways to continue to grow and continue to shift. But probably one of the most um, important changes that it has brought for me is just in terms of confidence, in terms of being willing to try new things that maybe I haven't done a lot of yet, just based on someone else's faith in me and what I can do. Um, yeah, I mean, the confidence has probably been the the biggest thing because it does take some confidence to put yourself out there and to say, I can help someone get results and I do know what I'm doing. You know, I'm, I haven't been doing this for a super, super long time, 
but I've always been a good writer. And so having the faith of the people that I serve behind me gives me, you know, it, it's almost like that extra boost of, okay, what's the next thing, you know, what's the next thing I can go for? I should, you know, that's a really big client, but okay, let's, let's just go for it and see what happens. I love that. Awesome. Well, Krista, this has been a fantastic interview. It has been just such a pleasure getting to know your story and about your journey to getting to where you are today. And I appreciate you sharing about your business and for offering our listeners um, that, that of those eight questions, which I love even the question that you did share about what have they been trying before. So I'm going to post those links um, to, to those questions and also a way to get a hold of you. If anyone wants to reach out and, and work with you, I'll put those in, in the listen notes. Um, and uh, yeah, just thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, out of your snowy Iowa day to, to be oh, with man. It is too. It's snowy. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. Thank you for tuning into the Marketing Matrix podcast. On the next episode, we have Courtney Love Gavin. This powerhouse entrepreneur understands how to put businesses on the map using her public relations ninja skills. If you are wondering how to get your name out there, this episode is for you. So click to the next episode to check it out. And while I've got you, I want to always, always, always remind you about the Marketing Matrix Toolbox. This resource has tons of free marketing tools to make your marketing journey easier. We add new content to it each week. So register for yourself and get instant access to that growing members area of marketing resources at toolbox.themarketingmatrixpodcast.com. And if you want to join the conversation surrounding marketing, we've got a Facebook group for that. The Facebook group is called... Facebook ads for coaches, course creators, and lifestyle brands. It is a free group. We talk about marketing every week. We specifically focus in on those that are wanting to use paid advertising through Facebook to grow their business. Would love to see you there. Introduce yourself, get to know you. So to join that group, go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash FB ad ninjas. All right, guys, that's it for right now. See you next time on The Marketing Matrix.